0: Hello, all, and welcome to the first episode of Crime with Cat. This week's episode comes with a very important lesson. Never judge a book by its cover. Or in this case, a sweet-looking old lady with a box of kittens. So let's talk about Dorothea Puente. This sweet little grandma next door to all of her neighbors, but a deadly nightmare to her tenants. As we all know, every killer has their own story of air quotes, how they became killers. My personal opinion is, a lot of people go through a lot of bad shit and don't become murderers. With that being said, I'm going to breeze right through this. Dorothea had a troubled upbringing with abusive parents, eventually ended up in foster care where she was sexually abused, later went into sex work, married a few different times, and now we're here. Again, her experiences are valid and terrible, but Like I said, people go through shit and don't become trash monsters. I think the best way to tell this story is to tell it how the Netflix documentary Worst Roommate Ever tells it. I'm basically going to summarize that episode. That's my daughter, Laurel. She has her opinions. The first episode is the one that covers this case. Each episode is a different story. It's a really great series. You should all go check it out. So we kind of start at the ending of this horrific tragedy. The episode opens with a voiceover talking about the, quote, homeless population in Sacramento in 1988. And this is when we meet a lovely woman named Judy Moisey. Judy was a social worker through the Volunteers of America program. She was part of what she called a homeless task force. The goal of this task force was to get people off the streets and help connect them to any and all services that they would need. This is how Judy meets Alvaro Gonzalez Montoya. AKA Bert. We learn from Judy that Bert had a lot of delusions and fears. This episode shows a video of Judy interacting with Bert and asking him questions like, Do the voices talk to you? Do they go away with medication? Bert replies, No, they didn't go away. He also says that the medicine made him very sick. Bert was born in Costa Rica and he traveled with his family when he was 16 to one of the southern states, according to Judy. Burt began to develop schizophrenia at the age of 16, and his family tried to help him by placing him in a mental institution, quote-unquote, where he unfortunately received a lot of shock therapy. I mean, it was the 1980s, so that was pretty common back then. Once he was able to get out of the institution, he did not tell his family and somehow made his way to Sacramento and ended up in a place called Detox, which is where he meets Judy. Bert wasn't an addict in any way, and the people at Detox liked him staying there. Judy, being a part of this special task force, thought, why isn't he in a place for the mentally ill? And the people at this Detox Center were afraid that he wouldn't be treated well, so they just let him stay there because they loved him. It being Judy's job to help people like Bert, she wanted to find Bert a better living situation. And... That's when she finds this boarding house that seemed almost too good to be true. There's this little old woman with her thick granny glasses and her styled silver hair that takes wonderful care of her tenants. She was loved by her community, loved by politicians, because she very generously donated. She would take bags of clothing to local charities to donate. She took in all sorts of people who needed help, mostly elderly. This woman was Dorothea Puente. She lived on the top floor of her home, and the people she took in lived on the bottom. The people she would take in were what this documentary and a number of articles I read called, quote, shadow people, I guess meaning people who struggled with addiction and mental disabilities, and people who wouldn't be missed. But one thing I noticed was, yes, they, yeah, they were all elderly people. At least at this time in her life. And like, elderly being like, the only source of income that these people had were social security checks. And that's how they would pay their rent to Dorothea. Dorothea would provide them with food and pretty much everything else they needed to live. So after learning all of this, Judy goes to check it out to see if it would be okay for Bert. She says when they walked up to the house, she saw a little old lady sitting on the porch, holding a box of kittens, feeding them with little tiny bottles. Honestly, if I would have been in this situation, my first thought would have been, oh my god, she's got kittens. She's golden. I mean, come on. Kittens? A box of kittens? freaking kittens. Judy says in the documentary that she was weirdly impressed by the whole thing. Judy, girl, it's not weird. She would have fooled everyone. She did fool everyone. Living at this house, Bert was thriving, building friendships. He had his own room, his own bed, his own chair, his own TV. Judy and Bert were loving it. And Judy kept tabs on Bert. She called often to check in and see how he was doing. And after a few months, something changed. She called Dorothea one week and she said that he wasn't there. She said that he had gone to Mexico to stay with her brother for some fiesta. Immediately, red flags go up in Judy's head like ding ding, what the fuck are you talking about? She calls again a week later and again was told he wasn't there. He'd be back in a week. Judy wastes no time and calls the police to report Bert missing. Good for you girl. Laurel says good for you also. That following Monday, Judy gets a call at her office from a man named Don Anthony. Don tells Judy that Bert is no longer at the house. He had come home from his trip to Mexico and his family came to pick him up. Obviously, Judy is shocked by this because Bert has had no communication with his family. So, Judy gets a hold of one of the other residents in the house, a man named John Sharp. John tells her that Bert is no longer at the house and no one ever went to Mexico. He said something is wrong here. She's been digging a lot of holes. So, I know I said I wasn't going to go into her background, which I'm not going to go into her childhood. I'm going to go take a little dive into her criminal background because, believe it or not, this boarding house with the elderly and the holes in the backyard was not her first tango with the law. Her first reported crime was in 1948, where she was convicted of felony forgery. In the 1950s, she was a sex worker and later arrested in 1960 for becoming a madam and owning and operating a brothel under the guise of a bookkeeping firm in Sacramento. She was found guilty and sentenced to 90 days in the Sacramento County Jail. 1978, she was charged and convicted of illegally cashing 34 state and federal checks that belonged to her tenants. She was given five years probation and ordered to pay $4,000 in restitution. 1982, she drugged a man named Malcolm McKenzie, whom she met at a bar. They went back to his place, and he started to feel strange. He became completely paralyzed, but fully conscious. He could see her walking around his home, stealing his belongings. She even walked up to him, took a ring off his finger before she left. Once he regained his motion and called the police, she was arrested. Around this same time, she was posing as a doctor or a nurse and taking advantage of elderly women by doing the same thing to them. So this woman was no stranger to committing fraud, theft, abuse, and, as we know now, murder. A few weeks before she drugged Malcolm, the guy at the bar, she killed a woman. This woman was named Ruth Monroe. Ruth's cause of death was an overdose of codeine and astimithium. Don't ask me to pronounce that ever again. Dorothea was not charged for this murder because at the time, there was no way to tell whether or not Ruth Ruth had completed suicide or if she was drugged. Let's be real. She was drugged. She was murdered. She was living with Dorothea. So, duh. (laughs) So after Dorothea was released from jail for drugging Malcolm, she realized she had to change. And that's when she came up with the idea of the boarding home in 1988. Now we're circling back to Bert. The police are looking into this missing person and they realize who they're dealing with because of all these past crimes, they recognize her name. They also knew she was in violation of her parole by having people under her care. And that is when they start searching her home. They start in the backyard because, hi, it's full of holes. And they find seven bodies in the backyard. And among these seven bodies, they find Bert. Judy was notified of the discovery and… Poor Judy. Her first thought was, of course, what have I done? I brought him here. This is my fault. Judy, it is not your fault. Oh, and get this, Dorothea runs! She runs for the hills and she was discovered 400 miles away in LA at a bar. She was charged with 9 counts of murder in the first degree. Of the nine victims she was charged with were Ruth Monroe, Everson Gilmouth, who was found 11 in Sitter County along the riverbank in a homemade coffin, originally listed as a John Doe until 1188. Betty Palmer, 80 years old, found on the property. Vera Faye Martin, 65, found on the property. James Gallup, 64, found on the property. Benjamin Fink, 55. Bert Montoya, 52. Dorothy Miller, 65. Leona Carpenter, 81. I hope you can now all rest in peace. And I hope your families found some sort of closure after all of this. The trial starts in 1992, and she was convicted of three counts of murder and sentenced to life in prison. She was not convicted of the other six, but we all know she is very, very guilty. By killing all these people, she gained $100,000, and guess what she was doing with that money? Remember all those politicians that she was donating to? Yep. She was using her victims' money to donate to keep up her sweet elderly appearance. Remember all of those bags of clothing that she would donate to charities? Yep, you guessed it. They belonged to her victims. March twenty seventh, 2011, the bitch died in prison at the age of 82. Thank God. Good riddance, you trash monster. These were real people with real lives and real stories. They shouldn't be forgotten, and thanks to our hero Judy, they won't be. Judy gave Bert a beautiful memorial ceremony, and she believes that this was Bert's destiny, to expose Dorothea Puente. And that he certainly did. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Crime with Cat. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you next week.